Welcome, sisters and brothers. Welcome to episode four of our four-part series on the COVID-19 virus, uh, also known as coronavirus. My name is Mark Treglio. I'm assistant to the general president for communications, media, and strategic campaigns. And I'm Doug Stern. I'm the director of strategic campaigns and media relations here at the IFF, and together we're your host for this podcast. Yeah, no special guest today. There's just the two of us, and we're going to talk about the work that the IFF Communications Division has been doing throughout this entire event. Uh, We're also going to talk about what we've been doing for affiliates in the field, and then I'll let Doug talk a little bit more about affiliate assistance, what you could be doing out in the field, what's the message out there. And And I think just starting off is really, and we've talked about it before, is that we're ahead of the curve on this. We really were. In January, we were talking about coronavirus before it really was a thing most people were considering. Mm -hmm. And and the GP pulled us together. Uh, We got a toolkit up and running out of the gate first week of February. I mean, and that's with alts and everything. So we had our biggest educational event and still managed to get the toolkit built. And it was out the first week of February for our members to start utilizing and start taking precautions. Yeah, for those that don't know, a toolkit is essentially a web-based resource guide that has anything that our members, firefighters, paramedics may need on the job, in this case, as they respond to and prepare for coronavirus responses. And and in addition to the toolkit, one of the items that you'll see in it, our graphics design team has done a really great job in getting those infographics out and ready to go. Uh, Our communications department run by Jane Bloom, our director of communications, has been working nonstop around the clock to make sure that we have the latest in infographics, the toolkits up to date, the websites up to date. So kudos to that department for doing a great job. And they really have done a a whole lot of great work to get the message out there that firefighters are taking this seriously, that we understand that when it comes to public health, we are the first link in the chain. And if you've listened to our other podcasts on this issue, you've heard us say that because I think that's a message that we need to put out to folks to make sure that not only our members understand that we really are public health workers in a pandemic like this, but to make sure the general public understands that we're the first line of health care for so many people normally. And those that run EMS and make a lot of runs know that all too well. But especially now with this pandemic, once hospitals become more crowded, we're going to be the ones that they're relying on for EMS. And Jane's team did a great job getting those infographics out there because we know social media is where most people communicate right now. Mm-hmm. And, and you talk about taking the lead. You know, it's been amazing to sit here working with the other divisions and watching them as they're talking to the CDC and NIOSH and, and Health and Human Services and just really forcing our issues into the in in there getting us the resources that we need making sure we're a part of the discussion so kudos to all those departments out there well before i came to the iff and and i came here about a year and a half ago in january of 2019 i knew the iff was a big deal i didn't realize how well respected all of the experts in this building are by the experts in other fields you know the, the cdc listens when pat morrison calls them and says hey we think you should do this really is a testament to what has been built here at headquarters and throughout the U.S. and Canada for firefighters to help them get the tools that they need. So as with any crisis uh, that's out there, and, I, and I, it's a pandemic, I don't want to really blow it up and, and, and cause panic, but I really do think that when we're faced with any of these situations, whether it's something this big as COVID-19 or it's something as similar as a, or something as small as a firehouse closing, I think communications is part of it, uh, of the process all the way. And I really think it goes down into two 
two functions there, internal communications and external communications. Uh, on the internal side, we've been working hard every day, trying to get all the information that we can out there to our members. You know, the, the toolkit's been updated. These are the latest uh, pieces of information in the toolkit. What is the IFF doing? I think that's really important these times. People want to know what their union's doing for them. And I think we've laid out the case internally. I know we've been hitting up uh, our email database, 245,000 members. And throughout that whole time, we're seeing open rates on emails that are beyond expectation, 40% on, on an average open rate for us, which is where we're usually in the 25 to 30% range. Yeah, Industry-wide, if you get, what, 18%, you're considered the king of all email communications. We're at 40%, which really tells you that our members, that our local leaders are hungry for this information. And, and another method of communicating that we've been doing is social media. Uh, for a union of our size, we are very strong in the world of social media. We have a great following. Almost a quarter million people on Facebook follow us. Uh, 40,000 40, people follow us on Twitter. And we're getting a tremendous response. Uh, we get from the media on Twitter, from our members on, on Facebook. So it's really been a good mixture of being able to get out there and communicate. And I think coordinating all of that together has been key. One of the things that we preach, and I don't want to get too far down to a communications track, but is coordination, that all of these things are tools. And through the leadership here at the IFF, we've been able to make sure that we use all of those tools in conjunction with one another to put forth a cohesive strategic message of protecting our members, protecting the general public. And from my perspective as the media relations director, I'm seeing the benefits of that as the traditional media begins calling us. Well, that, that was what we we're going to segue right into. So good job Perfect. there. Uh, there is an external component to all this, and that's about getting out there and making people see that firefighters are part of uh, the process and that, that you know, you'll, you'll watch the news and they'll talk about first responders and, and healthcare providers, and uh, we're in that boat. And it's, it's very important that that message get out there that the firefighters and EMS personnel of this union play an important part of that. And one of the things that we saw early was it was just a mention. Now, through the work that a lot of our local affiliate leaders have been doing, our state associations have been doing, when the traditional media is telling the story of the COVID-19 outbreak, they are focusing on the sacrifices that firefighters are making, the struggles that we have. Um, it has certainly come full term or full full circle. It's not a full term. It's a full circle. <laughs> it's come full circle in my shop because where we were trying to reach out to the media previously, we have so many calls now. It's almost nonstop that we're returning media calls, talking about what firefighters are doing, talking about how we're part of that, the link of that chain, and then talking about what the IFF is doing to help everybody. So there's a lot of opportunities out there for us to tell our stories. And I think that's where when we talk to local leadership, they need to take advantage of that. But I think our members who are listening to this podcast, hopefully, need to understand that as well, right? That the public wants to hear from you. Your words carry a lot of weight here. So let's make sure that we're using the right words, that we're not downplaying anything, that we're not, you know, using terms that we don't want the general public to know that we're saying, that we are treating this as the crisis that it is, and we're, we're giving it its due respect. But we're still doing our job every day. We're, we're still, still showing up every day. You call, we're coming. And, and that gets to um, what you'll see on the website, www.iff.org backslash coronavirus, is there are videos that we've now created that our locals, that our members can use that say firefighters and paramedics are still responding. Our response may look a little bit different, 
but we're still out there every day serving our communities. Because I think that's a message that most people need to hear right now. We are the steadying, the steadying force through this crisis. So we're talking about what the IFF is doing to, to show its members the value of why you should belong to a union in this time frame. Uh, there's another component of all this, and that's helping our local affiliates message to the public and message to their members as well. What are some of the things we're doing with affiliates out there to help generate that local media, to help generate that community authority as the public safety expert? So we've always been working with them like that, Mark. And you know that from when you were the director. Our goal is to help create that brand for our firefighters. And through this crisis, we've been pushing out those infographics that our locals can use on their social media, the videos that they can use. We're also working with our local leaders to help them work with their traditional media. Some different ideas that may be a little foreign to what folks normally do. We're not writing news releases anymore and putting them out. We're creating our own videos. The local president is in his own video talking about things. And then we're sending that to the media so that they pick it up. Just a different way of looking at things that I think, especially now, as everybody is paying so much more attention to this, that gives us an advantage over folks that are still doing it the old way. Well, no, absolutely. I think a video organically on social media is going to get you far more than the press release that you put an hour into writing that gets faxed over to the the local media and it gets put in a pile with 400 other press releases for the day. When the, when the video is already there, you're giving them the content to do their job. And with the video, even if they don't pick up on it, you're still reaching your audience mm-hmm. through your social media platform. So it's a, it's a win-win. And I think really that's the direction that we're pushing a lot of our people mm-hmm. through this whole thing. So who are some of the media outlets that have reached out that want to talk to our members? So this morning, we actually, this morning on the, the 18th of March right now, um, we actually were on Fox News on their morning show, talking about what our members need. We've also been on MSNBC talking about it, the Chicago Tribune, ProPublica, um, a lot of the major newspapers, the New York Times we've talked to. We have been in constant communications with the Wall Street Journal to tell the story of our firefighters. And even the stories you don't see the IFF quoted in, a lot of times we're out there. We're still contributing to those stories so that the public knows the firefighters are still there, that that we're protecting them and giving them the service that they deserve. Good. And that Wall Street Journal uh, article that came out just about 10 days ago was really uh, one of the uh, one of the one of the leading forces to drive the rest of the media to start picking up the firefighter case. So that was a good job by your team. Thank you. Moving forward towards social media. Um, social media is a different animal. It changes every day. You know, you can frame your stories when we're working with reporters. What are we doing on the front end to really get out there against those that don't think this is a real thing? I think it's about showing, again, our stories, Um, taking the time to put out warning signs, taking the time to put out the, the videos that we have there that show the responses that firefighters have. It's not so much constantly doing it as much as it is doing it at the right times. Like we don't want to overwhelm people with it, but we also don't want to ignore it. We want to we want to show that we're taking it seriously, that we're doing everything that we need to. We're doing to due diligence to really protect the community. And a lot of that comes with being social on social media. It's not just pushing our materials out there. There's a lot of other good information. You know, a lot of the newspapers have stuff. A lot of your community groups 
wherever you are, are probably putting out information. And that's a great opportunity for our our local affiliates to share it, to kind of create that brand as being community community advocates. But members can share it too, because one of the things we talk about, you know, the IFF is 320,000 members. We have 320,000 spokespeople, because everywhere they go, people ask them questions. Whether you're at, maybe not right now with the, the quarantines and isolations, but when you go to church functions, that fellow church members know you're a firefighter. When you're coaching Little League, they know you're a firefighter, and they're going to ask you those questions. They're still going to ask you those questions whether they see you at those events or not. They're going to call. They're going to say, hey, Mark, what do you think about this? Hey, what's going on with this? So as we can make sure we're putting that information out there on our own personal social media pages, that's going to put that message out there even more because we're not seeing people. And when they do call, we, we know what we're going to tell them. We also need to make sure our families know about it so that, you know, your wife isn't giving them one story, your husband's not giving them a story, and you're putting out something else. Um, just kind of be on that same page because, really, we, as, fi- as firefighters, we are the ones that the community is looking to for the leadership through a lot of this. And we already have those networks established. We need to do our best to take advantage of them. Yeah, so if I'm a local leader and I haven't ha- it hasn't hit my community yet, or we have our first confirmed case or first firefighter in quarantine, and I need to do some media on it, who do I call? What are my first steps? So the first step, if you're a local leader, is to go through your district vice president. That's always, always the method that we have here at the IFF and they'll get hold of me and we will come up with a media plan for you. Um, if something emergent happens, you know, you can reach out to me through any of a number of ways, but my email address is dstern at iff.org. But to do a lot of those things, make sure we go through the district vice president because a lot of times they can help as well and kind of regionalize it. They know the area certainly better than I do sitting here in Washington, DC. So we'll work together We'll help you figure out who the media in your area are through our press secretary. And we'll also take and develop a message that is particular to your situation. It's not a one-size-fits-all, and we certainly know that. We're going to help develop that and create that through you. We're going to give you a cohesive strategy through traditional media, social media, and we're also going to look at your internal messaging. So it's not just going to be a quick call where, hey, I need a news release. We send you something. Hey, I need a video. We send you something. We're going to have a conversation about how we can really help you the most to achieve what you're, what you're looking to do. Um, we also have um, what, 300 communication training academy graduates out there who we may press into service to help us do some of these things. Um, whether you deal directly with me or somebody on our strategic campaigns team, we've got three firefighters who are in the field who work as contractors with us. Um, we're going to give you not just expert advice, not just PR stuff, but advice from firefighters. Every one of us, has been, everyone that you're going to talk to in the communication shop for strategic campaigns has been a firefighter. I was a firefighter for 23 years in Cincinnati. Mark, you were at Jacksonville for almost 20 years. Um, our guys in the field have experience, not just on the fire trucks, but as local leaders as well. So we're really able to develop that to fit the unique needs everywhere we go. And it's not just about the video. Those are the tools. It's about implementing the tools, whether it's the press release, the video, the the TV interview as part of an overall strategy. Right. Everything we do is stri- strategic communications for a reason, right? We, we don't just want to throw throw spaghetti at the wall and see, see if it sticks. We're going to do it in a coordinated way because we know what spaghetti will stick. Good. So if I'm a local leader 
and I need my members to get more information. What can I be doing with the information that comes from the IFF? How can I, how can I get that message out even further? Well, hopefully as a local leader, you're already emailing your members on a regular basis. I think putting out the information that's on that toolkit that has the best practices, the, the way that we think is the safest to respond to the equipment they need, the signs and symptoms, all are things that you want to send out as a local leader. I wouldn't send all of them out in one email because nobody's going to read an email that's 72 pages long. What I would do is I would send them out maybe once every couple of days saying, hey, here's how to better protect yourself is the first one. The next one would be know the signs and symptoms of a COVID-19 patient. Um, the next one would be this is what we're doing as we prepare for a possible quarantine if you are exposed. I think the more information you can give your members before they need it, the better off you're going to be as a local leader, but more importantly, the safer our firefighters and paramedics are going to be when they're out there on the street. So when you're out there in the field talking to locals, what are some of the things, the early pieces of advice you're giving them before they have the tools and the strategy? What are you telling them to say? What are you telling them to not say? I think the first thing we're telling them to say is that they are part of the community, that they care for their community. That they are taking this, I keep saying taking it seriously, because I think it is important. I don't want people to think that firefighters and paramedics are being dismissive of this pandemic. And pandemic sounds like a big word, but really it just means that this virus has gone all around the world. And I think using that word is important, that we use the same words that the people are hearing from the television talk show hosts, that they're hearing from the CDC, that they're hearing from the governors, the mayors, the president of the United States. We're all using the word pandemic, and it's important that we do so. But it's also important that we don't create panic with it, that we, as long as we present in a calm fashion, that we're taking care of things, that we're doing things right, then we're going to be able to get a lot more. We're going to go a lot farther with our message. I think the words to avoid, and hopefully by the time people are listening to this, this has all gone by the wayside. We're calling it the coronavirus or COVID-19. We're not making up names for it. We're not doing creative things with whatever. That's what it is, and that's what we're going to call it because we're professionals. I also would avoid relating it to any type of hoax or comparing it to the flu. They are not the same things. Um, they are quite different in pathology and everything else. I, I think the, the more we can do to set it aside as its own instance— the more people are going to listen to us. Once we start comparing it to colds and flus and hoaxes, then I think people dismiss us and every message that we have beyond there isn't received well because they're like, oh, those guys dismissed it earlier. I'm not going to listen to them no matter what we're saying later. Um, I think just having that serious, not overly serious demeanor is probably the most important thing our locals can do on this. So it's not about, we don't want to start panic, but you know what, we have a job to do. And we're going to be out there every day doing it. Yeah, and, and I think showing people what one of the best graphics I've seen, and then there's a couple of them out there, are show a firefighter in their fatigue uniform. This is what you normally see when we make a run. But this is what you may see when we make a run that could be a COVID-19 patient, where you have the, the proper PPE, the gown, the goggles, the mask, and the gloves on. Because I think the more people see that, the more they get used to it, and it's not as panicky a situation if you just show up and the first time anybody saw any of it is when you're walking into their neighbor's house they're gonna think it's a much bigger deal than it potentially is you know we need to let people know if they see us in that gear we're not saying they're exposed we're not saying they have it 
we're saying that we're doing this to keep ourselves and you safe as we go through this. We're taking an abundance of caution. And that, I think, is one of the early messages that a community that maybe hasn't had a whole lot of exposure to this needs to put out. That, you know, firefighters are out there, and we are going to be looking different, but it's to keep everyone safe. One of the overriding messages that needs to go through everything that we do is that while firefighters and paramedics are taking precautions to keep themselves safe, we're doing it in the interest of keeping the community safe. So the exposure gear that we're wearing, the PPE, is about keeping firefighters safe so we don't take and expose other patients, other people in the community to COVID-19. And the little things, um, you'll see it in a lot of the videos and a lot of the graphics we have, asking people to let the 911 dispatcher or the call taker know that they or someone in their house has flu-like symptoms, a fever, a cough. We need to let people know that that doesn't just keep firefighters safe, but it's done to keep the entire community safe. It's done to keep them personally safe. Because a lot of times people love firefighters, but they don't see that our safety is their safety. We need to help them see that as we kind of go through the whole thing. And I think that's important because you're going to have a dispatcher Hopefully, if you get your protocols right, you're going to have a dispatcher that says, are you exhibiting any flu-like symptoms? Do you have any symptoms for COVID-19? And then you're going to get back on scene and hopefully ask those same questions again. You could be met by somebody that's like, I just answered those questions. And then that's where you can reinforce that, look, we're doing this to keep us safe and our families safe. But we're also doing it to keep you safe as well. Right. And we see it with every EMS run I made for 23 years. We'd ask the same questions that the hospital would ask. And the more that we can let people know we're not doing it to be pedantic, we're doing it because we know that it's important that we do it to keep them safe. Like that's a huge point that you just made. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on communications? I, I think if people need help, they should reach out that there's a lot of opportunity here for us to do good for our community to help allay fears and set the brand of firefighter again over and atop what every other profession is people trust firefighters we need to not just grow that trust but continue that trust by communicating properly on that note we're going to conclude our four-part series on the coronavirus slash covid19 pandemic Uh, i'd like to thank everybody that joined us And I urge you to check out our toolkit. And the toolkit's at www.iaff.org backslash coronavirus. And while you're on the website, since you're already listening, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. So once we start up in earnest with other podcasts, you're the first one to get them. And as we have more information on COVID-19, we'll be sure to bring it to you. So uh, in the meantime, thank you. Be safe out there.